Hey everybody, welcome back, welcome back. This is the Razball Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We are coming to you right meow. I am Bidon over there across the screen from me. If you're watching us on youtube.com slash Fantasy, is the fantasy master Lothario himself. Now, how are you doing over there, Gray? Oh man, I'm so, uh, you know what? I am flying high. I still... From my March draft, where I had the third pick and Tatis fell to me. <laughs> oh, I'm feeling so good, man. I'm still like on top of the world. I'm basically prancing through a prairie of flowers, man. I'm just like, I am, oh, I feel like Julie Andrews and Sound of Music, and I'm just like twirling around. Enjoying my time with Fernando Tatis Jr. It is so wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So if you haven't heard yet, Fernando Tatis Jr. was suspended 80 games for the PEDs. Uh, said he was taking a anabolic steroid to treat ringworm. Uh, y'all let you take that for whatever you want. Uh, 32 games into next year, just based on the games that San Diego had left uh, in this regular season. So, Gray, I mean, let's let's talk about this in general. Like, what are we doing? Obviously, this season when he's he's done, but for next year, what? Wait, what? <laughs> for next year, like, are we? Okay. No, okay. I mean, now, hold on a second, B. Don. All right. Now, say for instance, the Padres their uh, their first two months of the season. Uh, are declared uh, uh, ineligible, and they have to play a, uh, a quadruple header every day of September. Why didn't Tatis come back? Should I hold on to him still? <laughs> Tell me he's still going to be okay. Yeah, he's going to come back for one game, Gray, and give you 35 home runs, 35 steals in one game. Oh, 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 oh this is great. Oh, that's good news. <laughs> Oh, this is good news. Oh, I feel good now. Oh, thank you, B. Don. So oh, thank you will you, go Don. from seventh in the league to fifth. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. So here's my so my my overall thoughts here is <laughs> I'm like maybe I am ostriching my head into the sand, and I want to believe Fernando Tatis Jr. <laughs> is not a cheater. <laughs> I want to believe it so bad, okay? So, so maybe, uh, maybe I'm being naive, possibly naive. But listen, listen, okay? So 
He wasn't playing games, so there was no performance enhancing. There was performance possibly to feel uh, healthy enough to get on the field. Maybe. Maybe he was doing some sort of, like, something illegal to try and get back up to speed. Possibly. Possibly. I don't know. I, I mean, who's to say, really, <laughs> other than him? I mean, he's really the only one that knows. But if you're going to find a ailment, to say to tell everyone that you have ringworm wouldn't be the, my top one. I'll be honest. It's like going around being like, "Hey, man, I had to take pets because I have impotence." <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't get erect. So yeah, I'm taking uh, ringworm medicine. Like, no, man, no one does that. No one says they have ringworm. It's like you say, like, "Oh, I yeah, I accidentally like bumped my knee," or you, oh, actually, you know what you say. You say you fell off a motorcycle and the doctor prescribed <laughs> you this medicine. You don't say you have ringworm. No one says ringworm. It's not a it's not a cool thing to say. You don't go around saying like, hey man, guess what I got? Ringworm. Cool, huh? <laughs> not good. It's not it's not a uh, it's not an ex it's not like the number one excuse in the book, I don't think. I don't think you go to ringworm as your top excuse. So that's why I feel like Maybe he really did have ringworm. <laughs> I mean, maybe he did. Because otherwise, he would have said something else that's much cooler. Like, oh, yeah, I was in a, you know, I was in a boxing match, and <laughs> my, my trainer, like, rubbed uh, peds on. Uh, he rubbed cream on me, and it, it turned out to have peds in it. I don't know. But I'm saying you come up with a cooler, I, you come up with a cooler excuse. So that's my, my first thing with Tatis. My second one is, God damn it. <laughs> why, why did he have to wait this long to come out with the, the pet suspension? Like, oh, my God. So in my, in my one league where I really did get Tatis 3, my first pitcher off the board was Chris Sale. Oh, not a good league. <laughs> Not doing good. Not great. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like, this is such a nightmare. <laughs> this is really like, I was really hoping he would come back. And even though he was never going to give me really anything close to what I what I drafted him <laughs> for, I was still holding out hope. I mean, I held him for four months. Like, ah, it's going to be good. He's going to do, he's going to go 30-30 in the final month of the season. But, yeah. Ah, so um, I don't know, man. What are we thinking for next year? What What, what are your thoughts? What are, so, what are your thoughts, Peter? Here's what I have to say about just next year. If we look at his 2021, if like he had a break from May 9th to May 19th, so we pick it up May 19th, which is about a month into the season, which is where we'll be picking up next year. He played a um. He hit 293, 377, 626 with 33 home runs and 18 stolen bases. That's pretty solid still, Gray. I mean, yeah, that's still right. that's still that's still first round worthy even if you have to sit it out for a month and replace him with, you know, fill in the blank at at shortstop slash outfield for him. <laughs> you know, I just had a I just had a flashback, not to interrupt, but I just had a flashback to thinking about how we were all like 
Well, you're only going to miss a month of Acuna. <laughs> he's still going to be a first-round guy. <laughs> it's, it's not. He's not going to be – I mean, it's not going to be bad when he returns. He's still going to hit for power, right? <laughs> like, what What happened to Ronald Acuna Jr.? Ah! I mean, he's going – I think he – I looked at his stats actually yesterday. I think it was like 10 homers and 25 steals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When did he become – uh, Gene Segura. Hmm? When did <laughs> hey? When did that happen? When did he become fucked? When did he become Segura? <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, you know that's so. You sound like you're in sort of the same camp as I am with Tatis because, like, you know, the comments started coming in this weekend. And they were like, "Oh, you know, if Tatis was cheating this whole time in his career, then." Are we going to expect a fall off next year when he comes back? And it's like, no, I don't think so. I, I honestly, I feel like maybe I'm being naive, but I don't think he's had like he's been doing peds this whole time, and he's not, he's going to come back, and I think he's going to be fine. Like for you know, he's going to miss the the month plus, uh, like you mentioned, and yeah, I think he's going to be okay. I, I don't think I'm drafting him in the top 15, though. I mean, let's be real. I think he's probably, I would say, I would say, actually, you know what? When I was thinking about this, uh, how I was going to formulate my opinion on this, I was thinking that, like, it might not be a bad time in, like, to draft. Like, I might draft a team, like an NFBC team, like, in October or November and draft Tatis, like, around – 75 overall i could see him falling to that range and then by the time march gets here he could move up considerably like maybe into the top 40 i would say and i do think there might be value there i i think there i think it could be worth going like you know taking that flyer um but it'll really come down to price and it'll be a matter of you know if his draft price is what i think it will be and I wouldn't be surprised if it's like between like fifty and seventy-five overall. I think that's probably worth gambling on. I don't know. I what do you think? Um, I mean, if we can get him fifty to seventy-five, I think you're right. I think we need to do some some uh, main events drafts as soon as humanly possible and and start that up. I mean, I'm guessing like I'm guessing he goes closer to like thirty thirty to forty. Uh, again, just because of the per game upside that he brings, um, you know, there is the Acuna case where like when they come back, they are also coming back off of not playing, not really being in baseball. So like, it's, it's, it's not just them sitting out and then showing up all of a sudden, you know, fully ready to go. There's an adjustment period. We've seen it with Acuna's power. It's just not. The same as as we're expecting, I I still expect that to kind of turn around at some point. And to your point about what I expect from Tatis, I, I don't believe he's been juicing this whole time. Um, I believe he would have been caught before now if that was the case. My assumption is, and uh, I'm not quite as as crystal you know glasses as you are here, Gray, but I, I think he took it because his his. Rehab was a little slower than he was hoping and didn't quite recover in the in the time period he was looking at, and they gave him something to try and help move it along, and he got caught. So that's, and, that's and my thought. And he decided, at, and, he, and he went to page 300 out of 305 pages in the excuse handbook, and he was like, 
Ringworm. That's he, what I'm going to tell everyone. I had ringworm. He didn't even like. Uh, he didn't even WebMD this, Gray. He like. He just like went to the guy in the alley. He's like, "What do you have? What do you have in the alley?" Hey, he was like, "Hey, should I say IBS or ringworm?" It's like Tatis. You can't say anything cooler than that. It's like, no, I can't. I want to say ringworm. Like, no, no, you don't. You don't want to say ringworm. That that's not a good look, Tatis. That that's not a good one. You don't put that on the dating profile, dog. Like, oh, like, oh, like you were you were having new gold teeth put in, and and the dentist gave you a drug. Like that's cool. Ringworm is not cool. All right, Gray. So if we're looking at like the players who went in this that kind of range that we're talking about this year. Um, you know, if we're looking around in 30 range for where I said, it's going to be like Tim Anderson, Salvador Perez. Remember how well that went for everybody. <laughs> um, Aaron Judge, obviously that went great. Cedric Mullins, Trevor Story. So like I could see him going in that like 30 to 40 range where you get to like the Trevor Stories, the Simeons, like the guys who you were expecting kind of overproduced anyways. And so you're kind of expecting them to fall back, Tatis to kind of step in. Uh, that's where I'm seeing yeah, totally. him. Is that there? Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. Yeah, no, I I agree a hundred percent. I yeah, not to uh, uh, misinterpret. I uh, feel like early. I feel like October drafts because the suspension just happened and next season's so far away. I think you might be able to get a deal on Tatis in these early drafts. In reality. I do think he's probably going to go around 30, I would say. 30 to 40, maybe. Um, yeah, that sounds right. Like, where Aaron Judge went this year, that makes sense. I could see that. Um, he's, yeah, I mean, I I'm, I think I'm in. <laughs> I think I'm in. <laughs> I mean, it's going to really depend on the price, but I think I might be in. <sighs> I mean, I, mean, I was that. willing to take Montessi in, like, the sixth round. I have to be willing to take Tatis, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. <laughs> Right? I know. I feel like I'm already, like, uh, making a mistake. It's not, like it's not even 2023 yet. I'm already, like, dooming, already I'm already dooming my next year teams. <laughs> I can already see myself in 12 months being like, why did I come with that What was I thinking? <laughs> oh, oh well. man. All right. So let's let's move on to maybe a little bit more positive news, Gray. And that's uh, that's call-ups. Uh, we got a few call-ups here. Von Grissom got called up. He came up actually from straight from double-A at high-A this year. He had 74 games. He had 11 home runs, 20 stolen bases, went 312-404-487 at double-A in 22 games. He had three home runs, seven stolen bases. He had 363-408-516. He has five games in the majors with the Braves. He has two home runs already with a stolen base. Um, I mean, he's already hitting... This is, you know, a, the the first week of a call-up is always a little bit, you know, is it just them catching everybody by surprise? Is it real? Um, and he does have the same issue as our other our other favorite, you know, brave call-up of the year, which is Michael Harris II, and that it's just really hard to climb the batting order in Atlanta. Yeah, no, definitely. There's a... Uh... There's a, there's a lot of bats in that lineup. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I think uh, you know maybe because I was I watched them uh, hit the home run over uh, the monster, yeah. and then uh, 
his second homer was not, no less impressive. Yeah, I mean, he's got some really nice, I mean, he's got really nice power. I was, uh, I was expecting more speed than power, but the power was definitely there from, you know, like you said, it could be just people uh, catching people off guard. Uh, but I, I also, I think probably in the final, you know, uh, six, seven weeks that we have left, uh, he could catch everyone off guard. And like, uh, you know, in September, well, okay, well, I'll say this. So first I was going to say in September, there's going to be a lot of pitchers who aren't necessarily good, just, you know, throwing to get like bad teams to the end. Like there's going to, like the entire nationals rotation is going to be awful. (laughs) Um, I don't even know if the Braves face them, but it's going to be bad. Um, You know, because at some point probably Josiah Gray gets shut down. And then anyway, uh, I was going to say that, but also I do wonder if Grisham is going to have issues once Albies returns because Albies is due back at like uh, I think the first week of September. So if Albies returns, where does Grisham play? Does he get like platooned in with the the Rosario uh, Duval? You know that whole D, uh, DH, yeah, Ozuna, like uh, what you call uh, left field DH sort of mix. Does he get mixed in with that or? Is Grisham moved to the bench, and or uh, is Albie's just not able to go, you know, uh, every game? So Grisham and Albie's sort of like platoon a little bit. Like I, I don't know. I honestly, I, I have no idea. But unless there's an injury between now and when Albie's returns, that lineup is stacked. I mean, there's no place for Grisham to play once we get to September. And it's only, you know, it's only two weeks away. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like Grisham, though. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think, uh, you know, I'm just trying to be practical. Uh, you know, Grisham, I think, is a, a pickup in every league. Like, I I I put a, a huge bit on him for Fab this week in every, all my leagues. Um, you know, I didn't have much money left, but in, like, out of a 1,000, I think I bid like over $150 in multiple leagues for him because I lost Luis Garcia on the Nationals. Um, Abrams, who we're going to talk about, was already taken. Anyway, in my situations, Grisham was the only guy available. It was It's 15-team leagues, so maybe in other people's leagues, you know, shallower leagues, maybe other guys are available. But Grisham was the guy that I tried to get. Uh, And I didn't get him. Like, he went for more than I bid. So, yeah, I mean, I think everyone is excited as I am. So I'm super excited. But, you know, like I said, Albie's (coughs) returns, there's going to be an issue with playing time. (coughs) Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, you enjoy the ride while it's there. Uh, I put in what I could as far as bids on him, but I am also very low on funds. So just he went to, to teams that had a little bit more money to spend than I had available to me. So good for them. They get a a nice little, you know, two, three week bump here. Uh, I mean, the problem is that, you know, Albies has always crushed lefties and that's, that's the side that Grissom would, would platoon. So I kind of think he just becomes a utility infielder type and, and maybe even he gets sent back down whenever, you know, everybody's healthy again. Um, I I just don't know that they're going to continue to use him. Um, but if he's hitting well, uh, they they may find a spot for him, just at least on the bench. 
Yeah, exactly. You know, actually, I, I just looked at my uh, my fab bids, and uh, I didn't get Grisham in uh, in one league, but for uh, he went for one hundred and thirty nine dollars out of a thousand, and I got uh, David Fletcher, who, who's not good. <laughs> let's let's not be let's be fair here. He's not great. But he does have like he is hitting at the top of the lineup. He has runs and and batting average, and I got him for eleven dollars. So you know, I mean, it's like that rookie nookie sort of throws people into like a little bit of a tizzy, and they're like, oh, you know, Grisham. Well, I do like Grisham much more than Fletcher. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Fletcher is going to play in September, assuming he's healthy. Whereas, like we just said, we don't know if Grisham's going to play after Albies returns. Right. So it may depend on the depth of your league, because if you can't go find another second baseman out there, if you have to drop Grissom, then you may just need to be rolling out with a David Fletcher, um, right. even, even given that uh, you may get a little bit better numbers from Grissom in the short term. Um, so yeah. that's a depth of league thing. So you just kind of got to know your leagues there. Uh, another another call up that, uh, you know, we've already seen this year once, is C.J. Abrams, but he's he's moved over. He's on a new squad. He's with the Nationals. He's getting the call up. I mean, he's hit you know two ninety three fifteen in Triple A. You know, depending on whether it's Nationals or the Padres. So he's been sitting around three hundred. He's got the power speed combo. I mean, I don't know where he's going to slot in for the Nationals in the lineup. Personally, I don't know that he does. That who needs to be in front of him at this point? But they may not do that. Um, what are you thinking here with C.J. Abrams? Is he above Grissom in your pecking order of call-ups? Mm, yeah, I mean, I think I think Abrams is actually going to be safer. I don't think, uh, you know, on again, uh, on the fab thing, Abrams went for one-third of what Grissom went for. So the excitement is definitely for Grissom, and I understand why. Uh, but Abrams, I think, could be better. Uh, I like Abrams a lot. You know, like even when he was called up with the Padres, he had a uh, under 20% strikeout rate. I mean, he didn't hit for a great average, 232, but that was with a low Babbitt of 276. So I think Abrams could hit like in a short stint with the Nationals this year. What is it? Like, you know, six, six, seven weeks. He could hit, he could hit 280 with, you know, maybe five homers and 10 steals. I mean, he could have a great final like push here. I like Abrams a lot. I think, uh, you know, he's also, it's kind of dependent a little bit on Luis Garcia. You know, last I heard Luis Garcia was going to the IL and Abrams was getting called up. Uh, As we record this, that's not even a hundred percent definite. It's that's just been talked about. So if Garcia goes to the IL, it sounds like his injury isn't that bad. So when he comes back, then what does, you know, I, I mean, if I were the Nationals, I would just DFA Cesar uh, Hernandez uh, or Vargas. And they actually have, they have like 15 guys they could DFA. <laughs> but <laughs> but I would probably get rid of Hernandez or at least push Hernandez to the bench and let Abrams play every day. So And the Nationals are in a place where if they call up Abrams and he hits – there's no reason to send him back down because, like, you know, the minor league season's going to end soon. And Abrams is the future for them. They traded 
you know, Juan Soto to get him. So there's going to be like, you know, there's going to be reason for them to want to see Abrams get a hundred of bats the rest of the way. So I, you know, I like Abrams a lot. Like I look to pick up Abrams. Uh, I, I look to pick up Grisham first, like, you know, like I said, but I would, I did look to pick up Abrams as well, even though I, I ended up not getting him. but yeah, I like him. Yeah. And the Abrams news was, uh, it, it hasn't like officially been, transaction they they're there grissom has been up he's he's already with the club so there is a little bit of reason why he has a little bit of higher bid but i'm with you that you know assuming this abrams call up is happening i do think he can outperform grissom and i i, I would prioritize abrams over grissom even though you know we've we've seen him come up and, and play well in his five games already like cj abrams is just such a i mean he's an elite prospect he can come up and just perform immediately like I said, the Nationals lineup is not overly stacked. There's no reason that he can't move himself up that lineup, um, especially mm-hmm. if Luis Garcia is going to miss some time. Like they, they can just swap him straight into the two spot. Really, no adjustment needed. Right, agreed. All right, let's talk about a not prospect, but somebody who has landed with a new team, Fredmo Reyes, my boy. Who I, I begged, I begged the Cubs to do this last last podcast, and they listened. Uh, since joining the Cubs, he's hitting in four games, 353. He's already hit a home run. He's had a game-winning RBI. I mean, what's going on here, Gray? Is like, are we back in on, on picking up Fran Mill? He just needed a, a change of scenery, or is this just a, a blip? Oh, no, absolutely pick up Fran Mill. Yeah, if you can. I, uh, you know, especially in deeper leagues, in the shallower leagues, Ah, I mean, it depends on kind of what your your needs are, your category needs, and also like uh, your positional needs. So, yeah, I like I like Framel in all leagues. In shallower leagues, it, it it more depends on your your team probably. But in like a deeper league, yeah, absolutely pick up Framel. I think this is one of those moves where you know I was um, comparing it to uh, when David Ortiz went from the Twins to the Red Sox. I don't know if Fran Mill Reyes is going to uh, lead the Cubs to the promised land <laughs> necessarily, and it might be uh, you know that it might be slightly uh, overblown of me to say, compare him to David Ortiz. But if you look at like Big Poppy's numbers on the Twins, he was actually on the Twins longer than Fran Mill was on the Guardians, and Big Poppy was a lot worse. Like Fran Mill was a lot better. Fran Mill has a season of thirty-seven homers. And 30 homers, like, separately, like, two separate seasons of, like, 37 and 30 homers. Those are way better than Ortiz ever did with the Twins. And Ortiz was with the Twins, like, two more years than Framel was with the Guardians. So, like, I, you know, I, I mean, I, we all know how wonderful and terrific <laughs> Ortiz became. And I don't want to put that on Framel, but, like... It wouldn't like at the time when Ortiz went to the Red Sox, no one cared. <laughs> no one, no one, no one was interested in David Ortiz. It was even he went by David Arias. I mean, he wasn't even called David <laughs> Ortiz at the time. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Fran Mill definitely is in a great place to succeed. And Wrigley is like one of the best parks to homer in. If he gets like out of what eighty-one uh, home games, if he gets like uh, fifty of them where the wind's blowing out, 
he could be a 40 plus homer guy next year. So I'm I'm super in on Fran Reyes for next year. For this year, probably more of a needs thing, but I'm definitely looking at him in most leagues. I actually I got him in uh NL only tout wars out of a thousand dollar fab, I bid a hundred and nine dollars and I got him. It was uh I don't even think it was necessarily I, let's see how badly I overbid. Well, I yeah, I overbid by about forty dollars, but you know, whatever. Yeah, gotta make sure <laughs> you get them. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. It's NL only, and plus my team sucks, so it's, <laughs> it really just, is. Just keeping other teams from moving. Yeah, really. just something to make me a little bit more excited for my <laughs> own team. So <laughs> it's more, it's more of a uh, you know a masturbatory exercise here. <laughs> but yeah, I I love Fran Morez. I think he's great. Yeah, I actually think, unless you need stolen bases, I, I think Fran Mill is the pickup over both of the prospects we just discussed, just because he's already slotting in the middle of a lineup. We know like the Cubs have nowhere to go, so there's no reason for them not to give him every opportunity to, to turn it around and be you know, the Fran Mill we've already seen before. So I think, I think actually Fran Mill is my pickup of these three, unless you absolutely need speed. Yeah, and uh, for people who are curious, I don't know if they are, but Grisham went for two hundred and seventy dollars out of a thousand, and I said, like I said, I got Framel for a hundred and nine. So yep. yeah, I, it was a lot cheaper to get Framel. Um, so yeah, and like we said, uh, you know, fifteen minutes ago, Grisham may be out of a job when Albie's returns, and guess who has Albie's in that league? What? Oh, doing the robot. The people who are not watching on YouTube, I am doing the robot. Uh, uh, uh. Yep, yet another injury to add to Gray's NL only roster. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, this is Gray and uh, this is me in uh, March. Hey, here's Gray in March. Oh, my God, I got Tatis. I got Albies. I got Chris Sale. What could go wrong? (laughs) <laughs> this is the best. My team is so good. I'm doing the robot in March. Ugh. Okay, anyway. Yeah, yeah. there's some bolts and, and things have fallen loose, and now it's crickety, and it needs yeah. some WD-40, yeah. like my, my all robot's sorts of things going. Freaking. Duct tape. <laughs> duct tape is everywhere now. My uh, robot is like <laughs> is falling over and needs a new battery. Someone, someone plug my robot in, please. Uh, no, a guy who might have gotten a new battery is Joey Meneses. I think I'm saying that right. Mince- Menzies. Joey Menzies. Okay. <laughs> it's um, that time of the month. No, I, I don't know if it's Menzies. <laughs> it's, it's funnier to say Menzies, but I don't know how to say his name. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, he has five home runs, Gray, in just 10 games with the Nats. He had 20 home runs over 96 games this year in AAA, hitting 286, 341, 489. I mean, I picked him up where he was available just to see how long this lasts. But, are, I mean, are you counting on this kind of going? This this power has not really been something he's shown in the minors. Uh, yeah, no. Like ever. Like he's never yeah, done this. Ever, he's been yeah. in the minors forever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean... He hit what twenty homers and well he's he's thirty years old he's, he's a quad a pl- he's a quad a player um, yeah it's uh it's Joey Menzies versus the world uh I yeah I mean he's just he's a quad a player who happens to be up right now 
playing against like not very good pitchers as mentioned earlier about like, you know, it's like there's a lot of bad pitchers right now. And even the good pitchers could be getting winded by this part of the season. So, yeah, I mean, is, you know, and he's also, it's like, this is something too that like in the nationals lineup, the nationals lineup so bad that like you get to a guy like, uh, you know, it's like you go through uh, the the Cesar Hernandez's, and uh, you go, uh, you know, you throw to like the Lane Thomases, and then you throw to like a Victor Robles, and you're like, well, Joey Munzes is going to hit a homer. Who cares? <laughs> it, doesn't matter. it doesn't matter. Like if you're the opposing pitcher, it's like, yeah, I just I just throw strikes to all these guys. I mean, you know, Nelson Cruz is. 58 years old like this doesn't matter <laughs> we're winning we're winning by seven runs it's the nationals just just groove a pitch that joey man is so yeah now he might be seeing easier pitches than he would if like the nationals were good i don't know maybe he's also just a hot bat so whatever yeah, I, I just wanted to say I've been offered Caleb Killian for him. Uh, I don't love Caleb Killian, although he is a Cubs prospect and maybe one of our better pitching prospects. Um, I, I am accepting the deal. I just figured I'd wait until we were on the podcast to accept it just so I could officially do it on here. Uh, oh, he's, wow. So, yeah, I'm making that move. I'm trading him. I just added him for, I believe, $69 in fab, and now I'm trading him. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's exciting yeah. Oh, we got breaking breaking news. Beat on Steam. Breaking news. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So me and the itch have made another deal. Um, yeah. Let's talk about Drew Rasmussen's close call here. All of you who tweeted that it was it was going to happen. That's your fault. That it didn't happen. I blame all of you. That is um, true. He missed some time with the hamstring injury earlier this year, so he's only at ninety nine and two thirds innings. Gray eighty two Ks, a two eight zero ERA, one zero eight WHIP. I mean, he's he's looked like the pitcher we thought he could be when he's been on the mound. He's just kind of missed some starts here and there. Where do you think he's coming in next year among starting pitchers? I, I mean, the K rate probably isn't enough to get him overly high, but I mean, he's looked really good. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, no, completely. Um, yeah, I mean, you said only ninety nine and two thirds innings for a Rays pitcher. I think he's <laughs> probably. I mean, well, McClanahan has probably got a lot of innings, but yeah, I mean, with all their openers and like Jeffrey Springs has been pitching for three months now, and he can't go more than four and two thirds. <laughs> like, I mean, with Rasmus, and it was like. The fact that he was actually, you know, was throwing a Maddox on Sunday was the only reason I think he was even in to the ninth inning. Like, if he wasn't throwing a perfect game, he probably would have been out in the sixth. Um, Anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, like you said already with the K rate, I don't know. I mean, I could see him being, like, in uh, the grand scheme of things, like a number four uh, like, I, I don't know. He might be overdrafted because his ERA, if his ERA stays below three going into the off season, there's a potential here that he gets overdrafted next year, but because his K rate is so whatever, uh, I mean, I could s- kind of see him as like a number four or number five next year. Like, uh, like a Ryan Yarbrough, uh, when, we liked Yar- Ryan Yarbrough, so that's going back two years now. But yeah, like <laughs> um, you know, like not not really drafted that high. I don't think because of the K rate. Mm, I, yeah, I don't have. I, I like I like him. I mean, I have him on. I have him in leagues. I don't mind him 
because of the ratios are are decent right now. But if he started giving up runs, it also wouldn't shock me because he is getting by a little bit on like, you know, he's getting uh, he's inducing weak contact and his slider is really good. So, you know, especially against righties. Uh, and you know, there's, there's more righties than lefties. Uh, wow. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I don't mind him, but he's more of like a four of a five, a four or a five, I think. Yeah. I mean, the, the best team in his division, the Yankees is so right-handed based. I mean, everything works for him against at least the best hitting team in his own division. Um, and, right. and then, you know, 65% of the majors. So yeah, I mean, I, I like his pitch mix. He's, he's got the fastball cutter slider, um, you know, I, I, I kind of wish he had a pitch that went opposite just because everything kind of moves in the same direction a little bit. It all goes, it all yeah. goes like this. yeah. But it moves in different speeds and it breaks in different ways. So it, it's working so far. He's been sub three, I mean, over the last 170 innings that he's pitched. So really hard to complain about uh, the numbers he's put up over the last two years. Yeah. Yep. All right, so we'll look for him kind of in that middle upper. Middle upper, I think, is the, the right area for him next year as we start looking at pitchers. Uh, and the innings is always going to be a concern, as you mentioned, with Tampa Bay, uh, unless you are just a true ace for them. Right. Uh, I mean, we might as well just put my AL-only squad on here, given how bad they're doing uh, after kind of the second half. But let's talk about a few players that have not really done their job here in the second half. And maybe more pumpkin than uh, stagecoach at this point. Gray, Joe Musgrove, since mid-July, has a 5.76 ERA, a 1.32 whip, 21.3 K rate, 4.1 walk rate. He's gotten lit up by the Rockies twice, once on the road, once at home, and the Mets. Uh, does still have a sub-3 ERA on the season, so the season numbers look good. I mean, I feel like we uh, talked about second half Joe Musgrove all season, and uh, it's kind of showing up. Yeah, I mean, I, I was saying I I was a broken record. I mean, there was people, there's commenters who were making fun of me for saying it so much because, <laughs> I mean, I said it so much. I I, I repeated myself like ad nauseum uh, about Joe Musgrove being a. Uh, a first half guy versus a second half guy. So yeah, I mean, if you didn't pay attention, that's, <laughs> hey, yeah. hey, that's on, hey, that's on you. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's your own fault for not listening to us. And uh, I was even lower on Musgrove second half than Gray was. So uh, that's just that's just that's on you. Um, Shane McClanahan. So we like nobody really saw anything bad coming from, but his fastball velocity has been dropping slightly each month. He started ninety over ninety seven and a half miles per hour. He's down like a full tick to 96 and a half. His last start was actually under 96. Throwing more curves and change-ups, so he's trying to kind of junk ball his way through it while the fastball velocity isn't there. Are we worry, worried about finishing out the season for him and then looking forward to next year? Any concerns? He kind of did this last year, too, so I, I just kind of think he eventually he just needs to get the, he'll build up the arm strength. Yeah, no, I, I think you're 100% correct. I think there's just a uh, just a too many innings at this point. Uh, hopefully, you know, I don't I don't have uh, McClanahan in uh, leagues where it matters for me, <laughs> but hopefully they shut him down like uh, soon in September. I wouldn't mind seeing him get shut down like early September, to be honest. Um, he probably won't be. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he throws like a hundred and 
65 innings, 170. Right now he's at 134. So, you know, that's almost a full month's worth of innings, I'm saying he's still going to throw. Uh, you know, roughly uh, 40, 40 to 50 more innings, maybe. Hopefully not. I, I wouldn't mind seeing him get shut down in like the next 20 innings. Uh, maybe a phantom injury, something. Because uh, he is, I mean, you even said with the velocity, uh, uh, it's, you know, his velocity's down a little bit recently. I, I think he's just like laboring because of uh, just the innings getting taxing his arm. So, yeah, I, I like him still. His numbers are still amazing. Like, I have no issues with him. Like, in general, I do think he's probably tiring a little bit. Right. So, I mean, I, I guess what I'm going to ask you is, like, if you're trying to trade for an ace pitcher here at the deadline, trying to rack up some Ks, chase down somebody, maybe not Shane McClanahan. No. No. I mean, you're you're fighting a losing battle at this point. If you're trying to trade for innings, I mean, there's only so many innings to go around. Oh, yeah. I guess it depends on the uh, it depends on the league and how much trading you can do, uh, but yeah, I, I think you're probably better off just like you know if it's a shallow enough shallow uh, enough league, you're probably just fine just picking up like two star pitchers at this point, like uh, good matchups obviously, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, McClanahan wouldn't be someone I trade for in the redraft league right now though. Yeah, shout out Streaminator if you have any questions about where to stream and when to stream. That's the greatest place to go. That's where everybody at Razball goes. Rudy does all the work. Why would we not use all of his work? Um, yeah, I mean, I have McClanahan in, a, in the AL only league or one of the AL only leagues you're talking about, so I would really like him not to get shut down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of need him to get it back together and also continue pitching well uh, so that I can have a chance. That's that same AL only league I led the segment with where my team is just slowly deteriorating through the season and uh, since the itch is my primary prospect source and he's my main competition in the league Mm -hmm. he has all of the prospects yeah that's not good no not great (laughs) no not great not great when you're relying on the guy who you're competing against (laughs) no no it's not Uh, it's like you playing in guys that we get all our news from it's just uh, it's tough (laughs) yeah yeah Um... yeah those are those are the hardest (laughs) leagues i don't i don't want to sidetrack this too much but the hardest leagues i'm in are the ones where I'm in leagues with the guys who write like the uh, Roto World uh, blurbs because they are so on top of the news. It's like trying to find, trying to get a closer before them. It's like you got to be watching the game, basically. Yeah, you got to watch the injured pitcher go off, make your mm-hmm. claim, and maybe, maybe you got a shot. Um, yeah. You know, speaking of pitchers here, I mean Josh Hader. I mean, he was the best closer in the game for, like, the last three years or so. Um, he's gotten it together after the All-Star break for the most part. He had that kind of bump before the All-Star break. But he had his first bad outing in San Diego versus San Francisco last week. Hasn't pitched since then and hasn't registered a save in San Diego yet. Are, <laughs> you, are we worried yet, Gray? Like, is there something we're worried? Like, closers, relief pitchers have terrible shelf lives. Are we witnessing a change at the top of the closers, and is he still counted among them? Yeah, no, I, I, I'm not worried, but I will say that, you know, like everyone convinces themselves 
They do it with uh, ace pitchers, ace starters as well. But people convince themselves that, like, drafting, like, a Josh Hader and, like, the top, like, 20 picks overall is, like, a good move. And then you get to, like, the middle of August and he has a 4.66 ERA and you're like, well, I mean, the saves are there. The Ks are there. But the ratios aren't, like... (laughs) it's not good i mean that's you're like a guy who's already only giving you four categories and he's like dropping the ball on two of them it's like that's not good i don't know it's just so it's so bizarre to me that this is always like it feels like the narrative all the time of like oh yeah you gotta get a uh, you get draft a top closer like what why (laughs) why why i don't know anyway it's um i guess a side note uh i think josh Hader is gonna be okay his his peripherals look fine i wouldn't have drafted him but i think if you did you know you just you hold on and and hope he he writes the ship uh like his k per nine and his walks look identical to last year when he had a 1.23 era so you know they also look identical, kind of identical to the year before when he had a 3.79 ERA. So it shows you how fickle ERA is, especially when, you know, his biggest issue seems to be uh, his homers allowed. So if he puts on a guy and gives up a homer, like he throws so few innings, if he gives up like, you know, one homer a month, that's already like, that's going to mess up his ERA. Um, And he does walk a decent amount of guys. So there's a chance that when he gives up that homer, there is going to be guys on base. So, yeah, I mean, he's fine, but I don't think he's really like, I wouldn't have drafted him. I don't know. Uh, But yeah, I think he's, I think he's okay in general. Yeah. I mean, I don't think either of us were drafting closers as early as they were going in this, uh, this year. So I really don't uh, see, you know, either of us with, with hater on many rosters, Maybe if it's a it's a salary cap type of thing where you're you know you can put a number on it and, and he goes for cheaper than he should, but that's really the only situation that either of us are going to end up with him. I mean, all the all the velocity looks good. The movement actually looks better than it was early in the season. So I really think this is just a blip for Hater. I think he'll be perfectly fine. Like none of the numbers look off, but I, I think you're right in that. When we're talking about relief pitchers, it needs to be noted that like they throw 60 innings. In 60 innings, five runs can make the difference between a pristine ERA and an ERA you're like, eh, that's pretty middling yeah. stuff here. So Right. Yeah, no, totally. Like, you know, in the in as few innings as he throws, that like if he gives up, you know, five homers on this in the season which isn't that much, but five homers in the season, that could make his ERA be like over three and a half, which is like, eh. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then all yeah. of a sudden he's not the number one closer. I mean, he's not going to be the number one closer this year. Um, so just kind of, again, remember that for next year, everybody. The the toughest two positions year over year, closers and uh, RPs and P, or catchers. Absolutely, absolutely. Catchers and, and absolutely in one ear and out the other. Yep. <laughs> no, no one will remember it. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to another struggler here. Jamison Tyon, um, home run fly balls up about 5% first half to second half. Everything else kind of looks in line, but the results have not been in line with what he was doing first half. I mean, th- it's been bad, Gray. Is it time to 
cut bait on Tyon? Because I really can't see anything in the numbers that's really changed. Yeah, I mean, he did pitch well on Sunday, right, uh, against the Red Sox? Yes, he did. Uh, well, seven innings, three earned. So, I mean, it's very solid outing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's what you sort of expect from him. I mean, he's not – he's so – contingent on good command that like if his command leaves him just even even a little bit because he does give up homers so yeah i mean i think he's i don't know if he's necessarily he wasn't ever as good as he purported or seemed to be in the first half but i don't think he's really bad either like he's probably a high like i would say if a 3.8 to 4.05 ERA and, you know, so somewhere in that range, which is, uh, you know, maybe, what is that, a, a five or a six uh, fantasy starter? Probably probably closer to a six uh, in shallower leagues, which means he's more of a streamer, which means you can probably drop him in a 12-team mixed league or shallower. He's a deeper league guy. And AL only, yeah, he's fine for AL only, but everyone's fine for AL only. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're if you're just in a rotation, you're you're on a, on an AL only lineup. I mean, it's been kind of random. Like he had a bad game against Seattle and a bad game, um, like at Baltimore of all places. So like it's it's kind of hard. I think you're just rolling him out there. Um, he does go deep in the games, which is you know a rare thing these days. And he does it for a team, obviously, in the Yankees, while not playing particularly well right now. You know, does provide him with, with a chance for wins pretty regularly as well. So um, I, I think I'm with you. He's he's not as good as what we saw earlier this season, but he's not as bad as he's been this second half. I think eventually he kind of just settles back down in the middle and is kind of like a four ERA guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, a guy that I think, you know, I, I think there's something wrong here. Uh, Rafael Devers, he was dealing with a hamstring I think it's lingering because in the second half, he has 13 games, 55 plate appearances, and he's hitting 176, 236, 412. I mean, we're talking about one of the best hitters in baseball hitting under 200. Like, there's got to be something something wrong here, Gray. Yeah, it might be an injury. Uh, you know, it might be something else. Uh, I, I would guess injury. Uh, yeah, I mean, this isn't him, though. Like, I don't, like, I don't think this is – Necessarily, uh, necessarily, like uh, prophetic of like what's going to happen for like next year or something. I just think he's slumping or he's injured. I'm not really that concerned about him in the big picture, but yeah, he's he's not been great. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest; it's I've seen better. <laughs> yes, yes, we have. Uh, I'm still rolling them out him out there just. Hoping he turns it around, um, but it's 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 looked bad. I mean, we saw a little bit of power, so maybe that's that's signs that that things are starting to turn around for him. Um, but overall, so you know how like he's so good in the. I mean, he was so great in the first half that he still has a three hundred five average uh, overall, even though he hit one seventy six so far in the second half. <laughs> Just shows you. I mean, he was really good in the first half. Um, so. You know, maybe this is like evening things out. Uh, so he comes down and like he ends the season with like 30, 
homers and a 280 average, which, you know, would kind of be in line with last year. A little bit down on power, but yeah. not too bad. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. He he hasn't been good, though, recently. I, I do agree. Yeah, so just something to monitor. And if you're in a shallower league where, you know, the when guys are slumping, you have really good replacement I mean, it's it's a possibility here while while Devers is struggling that you, maybe you look to replace him. I say that he'll go hit four hundred and five home runs this week, but I'm just saying like he doesn't look right at the plate right now. Yeah, no, I actually in a deeper league, I have I have uh, Rafael Devers, and uh, my options are Rafael Devers or Harold Castro. <laughs> I, and I didn't I didn't make up the name Harold Castro, so yeah, I think I'm going Devers. But agreed, in a shallower league, you do what you got to do. Yeah, I mean, and Castro actually hasn't been playing terrible either. He's just he just doesn't get the same kind of playing <laughs> yeah. time. But yeah, Harold upside. Castro. A lot of people will be like, "Harold Castro is that a is that the new Cuban uh, leader?" Or, <laughs> no, his it's brother. Not. His his brother yeah, is on the cousin yeah. side. It's his cousin. Uh, yeah, but he's not. He's he's not even related. I don't think. <laughs> Anyway. Yes. Uh, let's talk about a guy that moved during the trade deadline that is struggling, Josh Bell. Since joining San Diego, he is hitting 154, 313, 179. You did not hear that wrong. That is the correct order of numbers. 154, <laughs> 313, 179. Great. Uh, we, we said his power might go down, but good Lord. Hey, hey, how are the Padres' uh, playoffs looking? Uh, their playoff aspirations. Oh, <laughs> Oh, the good Padres lord! Are like, there's a, the Padres were doing the Padres were doing the uh, the gray in March drafting Tatis uh, robot <laughs> about <laughs> about two weeks ago. The Padres are like, oh my god, we have the best team ever! Hey, who are we? The 1927 Padres? This is incredible! I love us. Hey, I love our team. We're amazing, and we get Tatis back soon. What? Oh, robot. <laughs> Um. Yeah, Josh Bell hasn't been great either, huh? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, some of these are like small sample oh, size yeah. issues, but yeah, hitting 154 <laughs> when you also like Josh Bell this year hasn't really hit for power. So all he's been doing is hitting for average previously. So now that he's not hitting for average, I don't know. You know, like this could be – I wonder – so I wonder if there's a situation here where Josh Bell was benefiting uh, like the Joey Menzies uh, benefit that I said earlier with the Nationals. Like Josh Bell was batting behind Soto and in front of no one. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> if you throw – like why wouldn't you pitch to Josh Bell? It's not like any – it's like whatever. Who cares? There's no one else here, you know? Yeah. And now it's like he's hitting in the middle of a good lineup so people are being more careful with him. Maybe I don't know. It's it's too early to say because the sample size is too small. But yeah, it could be. Yeah, I mean it's definitely small sample size. I just it's it's just really terrible numbers that you've been looking at if you've been starting Josh Bell since he got got moved. I mean when you're slugging is is about half of your OBP. That's that's pretty awful. He has one double uh, <laughs> since joining the team. No home runs, obviously. Just just not good. Not good. Yeah, um, good. And another guy who's been uh, not good. It's partially my fault. I traded for him. So you just blame this one on me. J.D. Martinez in the second half. 167, 219, 227. 
Uh, not quite as embarrassing, but uh, maybe also just that much worse because his OBP is also terrible. And he's striking out 30% of the time right now, which is not J.D. Martinez. Uh, I'm worried that the bat has finally slowed to the point it's useless, Gray. Yeah, yeah, just just dong has become just doubles, and not even, not even, not, not even. <laughs> just at go this sit point. on the yeah. bench. Yeah, <laughs> just go sit on the bench <laughs> and spell bench with a D, <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. You know, it's like JD Martinez. Like this is something that happens with like power hitters in general when they get older. Like we see it with like. Joey Votto, it happened with Pujols, it happened with Miggy, uh, Miguel Cabrera. It's like, you know, J.D. Martinez might have hit that wall where at a certain point, guys just don't hit the ball as far and as hard as they used to. And when they're, you know, so prone to hitting the ball in the air and then their homer per fly ball falls, it's like suddenly they're just hitting – 360 foot outs and it's like yeah it's not good <laughs> it's not not great man i don't know you know i actually in uh, one league i have jd martinez i benched him uh for bubba thompson but that was because i needed speed so i mean that shows you where we're at i think though because like most years i would never bench uh, jd martinez for anyone let alone bubba thompson yeah <laughs> Uh, again, very small sample size, but he has only he has less than fifteen percent line drives in August. He is hitting fifty two percent ground balls, and he is hitting eleven point one percent infield fly balls. So one over more than one in every ten balls he's put in play in August has been an infield fly ball. Uh, not not great, not great, Gray. Um, I traded for him for average in RBIs. I'm not getting anything out of it now, uh, so just fantastic trade on my part. Um, let's uh, let's go ahead and move into uh, some of the the bullpen stuff, Gray. We're about at an hour here. Um, who do you got as far as some bullpen news, where some people might be able to pick up some saves here at the end of the season? Uh, speaking of guys who I've benched, I, I benched Clay Holmes last week. Uh, I also uh, will be benching him this week. Unfortunately. I think his uh, his usefulness has uh, sort of run out. Uh, we saw it. I mean, at least I saw it. I don't know if people watch the Yankees. But, you know, like about, I think it was like two weeks ago, he melted down. And he hasn't really been right since. Like, uh, his sinker is just not getting over the plate. His command is really, he's lost his command. So, you know, if he gets over the plate, he's over the plate, like the heart of the plate. And then if he's missing the plate, he's walking people, which he's doing a lot. Uh, yeah, so Aroldis Chapman, probably the guy. Scott Efros has been, like, good. Eh. I mean, he's been, he's been fine. Aroldis has had his own issues. I'm not saying this, is a, this isn't a clear-cut, like, Aroldis steps in. But I, I would guess they try and get Aroldis the ninth inning. By the time they get to the playoffs, I would think they'd want to have one guy uh, pitching the ninth and have that be Araldus. If anyone, if Clay Holmes can't figure it out, I would guess they'd want Araldus. I don't think they want to get to the playoffs and have Scott F. Ross being the ninth inning closer. Um, and then there's also, uh, you know, uh, Carl Edwards Jr. has gotten saves randomly. For the Nationals, I don't know why Finnegan is not getting the ninth. He was getting the seventh inning recently. I'm guessing that's because 
maybe a contract thing. Like they don't want to get uh, Finnegan. I, I, don't, I don't know. Honestly, I'm, I'm guessing. Uh, but Finnegan, for whatever reason, has not been getting the ninth inning, which is not good uh, if you want saves. And then, in, um, you know, Milwaukee's just been kind of a mess. Uh, but Devin Williams, I would think, is still the closer. Uh, but he hasn't, he hasn't pitched really, you know, as well as he was pitching in the eighth. Uh, since he's taken over the ninth, it's been a little bit uh, rocky. Uh, Taylor Rogers has been awful, though. So I, I don't think Taylor Rogers is taking over. Uh, so I would guess Devin Williams is going to stay in there. Um, yeah, I mean, in Texas, Jonathan Hernandez has been the closer for whatever reason. They, you know, they removed Barlow, and then Barlow went to the IL. So now Barlow, I think, is coming back soon. But I don't know if Barlow is going to get the saves. I think. Jonathan Hernandez has been fine, and for whatever reason, I think they like him there in the ninth inning. So, I don't know. I mean, that's sort of up in the air still. I'm not 100% sure how that's going to work out, but I think I would probably go Hernandez. And then Philly, Sir Anthony Hopkins Dominguez has been you know, the closer more or less, even though they went out and got David Robertson, who's now – he's pitched the eighth inning, I, I believe, the last two times – so, you know, you go with what the managers are doing. And if a adult contemporary star, Rob Thomas, is, you know, putting Sir Anthony in there, I guess he's the closer. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Sir Anthony's a better, just as good a pitcher as Robertson. So, like, I can yeah, go either way there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been Sir Anthony so far. Uh, I will say, I think in Milwaukee, Matt Bush has actually gotten – two saves in his last three appearances. So if they use Devin Williams kind of in the firefighter role where he's coming in the seventh, eighth, or ninth, maybe Matt Bush is, is the one that gets the, the closing opportunities over Taylor Rogers. even if you're looking to speculate on the Milwaukee situation. Um, how about some waiver guys? You got some bats for the people? Uh, yeah. You know, um, hey, uh, Vinny Pescadino, eh? Hey, where you from, Staten Island? Huh? Uh, he's a he's been a hot bat uh, recently. He also he loves uh, Sicilian pizza and uh, Supersada. I love a Vinny Pascatino. <laughs> huh? <laughs> he's uh, he was actually on my bench in my in one of my leagues for a weekly league. That was a real s- stupid move. Uh, anyway, he hit four homers last week uh, on my bench, which was great. Son of a bench. Uh, as I said earlier in the show, I picked up David Fletcher. He's been hitting leadoff. He's got a good average. He's a uh, a hit tool guy, first and foremost. He's not going to do anything else. Maybe a steal or two. Not much. Uh, Jose Iglesias has actually been hitting really well, even outside of cores. Um, and then uh, A.J. Pollock has been like a hot potato. He's been awful this year, like really bad. But in the last, like I think, two games, he's homered. And maybe Larusa plays him some more. So I don't know. You could look at him. And like I also another guy I mentioned earlier, Harold Castro, um, no relation, uh, is uh, has been hitting well, hitting you know good, I guess. A hot potato again. And then Taylor Ward had a I think I believe he had a homer this weekend. He's been decent, I guess. Yeah. So there's some guys. Yeah, you kind of with Taylor Ward, I just kind of hope he works his way back into the top of the lineup where he he was kind of solidified for a little while, and then they've been playing with him for for uh, last month or so. So hopefully he's coming back into the the, the top. Um, 
Any pictures here, Gray, that you wanted to, to let the people know? Or I can run through some? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Jose Suarez has, you know, picked up where, like, uh, picked up what uh, Reed Demers has been putting down. Like, the Angels are now looking uh, like they have a couple arms uh, heading into next year, which would be nice. Jose Suarez has been good. Uh, Cutter Crawford has been decent. I've been saying him for a couple weeks now. He's been, like, the one highlight for the Red Sox this year, um, you know, for like new, new, new guys. Um, yeah, I don't know who else, uh, you got any names, uh, Drew Smiley and Kyle Quantrill. I believe they both have some pretty solid matchups. I think Chris Bubik is a two star <laughs> pitcher this week. So if he's out there, uh, and again, I think I've been saying his name for the last few weeks as well. So, uh, apologies if that's not helping. Uh, Graham Ashcraft, and uh, I think James Capriallen is also a two-star pitcher, if I recall correctly. Mm, yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah, there's some waiver names for you on both sides. Uh, if you have specific questions about your trades, waivers, whatever it might be, you can always come to the comments and, and ask us there on Razball or on YouTube. Um, as always, you can find us on Twitter and ask us there. I am at Razbedon. Gray is, of course, the at Razball account. And until next time, uh, good luck in your leagues as we get, get ready to come down the stretch here. Yeah, late.